There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction, the podcast about clothes and their strange habit of making us feel on top of the world one minute and like crawling under a rock the next. If you've joined us before, you can roll your eyes just about now as I mentioned that there are 34 more episodes to discover, with guests including Ashley Roberts, Donna Eyre, Skin, James McBay, Francesca Haywood and Lulu. Okay, you can stop rolling them now. Let's get on to today's guest. She's a singer-songwriter and former member of Girls Aloud, one of the most successful girl bands this century. It's Nadine Coyle. I don't think I ever saw Girls Aloud in the same outfit and always wondered how they managed it. So let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors and find out what's inside. Hello, everybody. Well, today I'm very excited to have my favourite fifth of the amazing band, Girls Aloud. It's Nadine Coyle. My love, you've always been my favourite. And I, I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you here, but you you always came across as the most natural, the sweetest, without question, with the best vocals. And um, and here you are talking to me, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. Any, any time. Thank you for that. That was lovely to hear. I'm a real disaster, as you know, trying to set up this Zoom. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? Well, all like that. Well, you know what? You're not going, you're not doing computer science. You're a singer. So you're creative and you're forgiven for being completely brain dead when it comes to technology. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my sweet. So... I, you know, I, I kind of, obviously, I knew your band really well and the songs, but I was stunned to um, read that you were the UK's biggest girl band of the 21st century, selling, what was it, over 4.3 million singles and 4 million albums. I mean, that's astonishing. Wow, that is really, really good. I'm always amazed when, you know, when I hear the figures back, I'm like, wow. That was, mm. that we really did. We worked so hard. So you're just constantly on this kind of, this kind of treadmill of doing more and more stuff. So you don't have time to look up and think, oh, yeah, we're doing really, really well. Did you ever feel, because I'm just thinking about with Trini and I, we kind of had, you know, we were, we were the sort of first people to do this kind of clothing show that we did. And then we had other people coming along like Gok Wan and, uh, I can't remember who took over what not to wear. I think it was Lisa Butcher and Misha Paris. And, and we weren't totally happy about that. We felt that they were like magpies coming into our nest and we were very protective over our brand and what we were doing. Did you ever feel like that with, let's say, the Saturdays or any of... I can't even think of any other girl bands, to be honest. But um, did you ever feel that kind of like, excuse me, this is our space? <laughs> who do you think you are? Yeah, yes. no, we didn't. It was um, the Saturdays um, were from the same record label as what we okay. are. So they were kind of, they were almost kind of there in the wings and the label kind of thought at any point, um, girls allowed kind of implode or we just it all goes, you know, flying apart that, that they had a band right there ready to go. They worked with yes. um, Brian Higgins, who was one of our producers. Mm-hmm. Um they even had an Irish girl on there. Um, oh, that's um. What what what's what what's she called? I know her. Oh my goodness, yeah. um, who's married? To, yeah, married to Ben Foden, who is like my brother-in-law by marriage. Wow. So yeah, he's the my sister-in-law's brother. So yeah, I, I met Una a few times. She's fantastic. But my darling, going on to clothes. Um, how? many costumes how many different costumes do you think you wore over your time oh you know 
you would have to maybe include the fact that out of the year we worked probably 330 of them and that's really really that's not exaggerating yeah and then you would do multiple things a day so you would have especially in those days you had your smash hits magazines top of the pop Mm -hmm. magazines um sugar whatever else they're all called. So you would go and you would do your photo shoots and you would wear something different, at least one change of outfit per day. Maybe you would do, you know, maybe two or three of those, maybe a week, maybe more. Then you would have maybe a music video and then maybe a show at night. Um, So in in any one given day, you could be wearing five or six different outfits. So what was the most? What was the most you wore in a day? Do you think? Oh my goodness, the most worn in a day. Um, there's probably about seven or eight different outfits. Easily. <clears throat> I mean, more maybe depending on depending on how many things you're trying to cram in and shoot on the one day. And you have to make it look like a different day. So you know, mm. do this with your hair, this with mm. your hair, and it looks like a whole different day. Mm. But a different outfit. So a lot of so so many clothes. The stylists. Girls allowed stylists would come along with like suitcases almost the size of them, just wheeling them along, just like trolleys full of massive suitcases. Bless them. Did you get to the point where you thought, oh God, I just, I don't care, just just give me an outfit? Did you get to that point ever? Yeah, very very early on, and I, you know, buttons for stuff. I was like, you know, I really don't care. I really just like. <laughs> Just like pack me a skirt, just throw in a couple of things and I'll throw it on. It really, it really didn't bother me very early on. And then I Mm. thought, if I just don't watch it back, then I never have to see what I'm wearing or what I look like. So (laughs) one, one. I if you were with me I'd high five you my love because I so have the same sentiment as you it's just like oh for god's sake just just put some clothes on me just grab that I would oh it was the most tiring and and well for me boring part of the job but then at the same time if you did look back or if you felt you looked fantastic then it made, makes such a difference to your performance. It must have done. If you put something on, you felt a million dollars. It must have made a difference to your performance, didn't it? It did. Definitely. Mm. There's, especially if you go if you go very costume, um, you know, different costumes we wore where it's almost, it was like military style, mm-hmm. but it was a really tight cat suit, very plungy. And and I felt like I was some sort of superhero wearing it. So everything changes, you know, the movement, the you know, the hair, you're just like, Wow, I look I look great. I yeah. just love, I, I just know it. <laughs> I don't even need to see myself. <laughs> so gorgeous. <laughs> and what was the worst costume you ever had to wear? Worst outfit? There was and I just, oh there was there was there was a lot. There was definitely okay. a lot. And sometimes fan sites still do, you know, 15 years today. It's like, oh, I really should have spent more time getting styled. I should have not just yes. grabbed something and ran out the door. Um, but there was a video, one particular video, when apparently silver was really big. And so we were dressed in, in silver from head to toe. And I don't know what kind of material it was, but it would rip all the time. So we were constantly getting ripped and then you get gaffer taped back up again, you know, oh just like God. stick the gaffer tape and off you go. So it was like, well, it's going to look amazing. Yes, we all look ridiculous right now, um, but it's, we're going to look amazing once this is all put together. And that doesn't happen. We looked just as bad. You know, <laughs> they're, like, they're like, it's about the green screen. Once we've got the green screen on, it'll all come together. <laughs> it never came together. So you look like kind of five turkeys. About to go into the oven, wrapped in tinfoil. We nice. did. Just, nice. just completely shell-shocked. I think it was a 26-hour video. And mm. we were just like, you know, <laughs> and you're just like, like a robot, like throwing yourself around. Great calm, but not a good video. Oh. Darling, where are you now? Are you, in, are, you, are you in Ireland at the moment? I am in London at the moment. You're in London, okay. I'm in London, London Derry. Because you uh, you grew up in Derry, didn't you? I did. I grew up in Derry, and then we moved to um, to Donegal um, mm. when I was a teenager. 
them. So you're kind of on that lovely kind of um, dairy is very much on the border anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of that very nice um, cows and sheep and mm. and that's our that's our neighbours out there. In nice little rural area, and in your little rural area, surrounded by sheep and cows, you started singing at the age of what was it, two or four or something? Really young, yeah. Apparently, I started I started singing. My mom and dad just said that I just started singing in the car one day, but was singing with a really deep voice and, and doing all these ad libs, and they were like, "What was what is she doing?" So yeah, that's where it began. And that's and then you never looked back. You carried on, and what happened between then and Girls Aloud? My dad um, is a great performer, great um, actor, um, great singer, great performer. He produced a lot of shows. So he had done, we always grew up watching my dad in a show. He had produced mm-hmm. and directed Grease, but he also played mm-hmm. Danny Zuko. So I remember mm-hmm. going to see that and very odd, your dad, like, you know, dancing around with, you know, a gerd. You're like, oh, <gasps> you think it's real. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he played um, Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar, which was oh also goodness, yeah. Yeah. very traumatic, you know, and they put the, the, the part of him on the cross and the, the yes. lashings. And again, they say your father do that as a child. It's it's traumatized. You must have been traumatized. <laughs> very traumatizing. <laughs> they, they should have just left us at home. Just, you know, just tell us about it. But no, he was really, really good. So my dad, kind of from early on, he got me and my younger sister involved in shows. Okay. So we had done, you know, there were shows about the famine and places that my younger sister done or, or pantomimes or, um, you know, they had big bands that they sang with big jazz bands. So there was, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have a full band with a full horn section and string section. And, and I was allowed to, allowed to practice by, you know, singing with them. And, stuff so it was it was great experience do you ha- do you play an instrument at all not to where I would play it on you know we're, we're singing live definitely yeah. I'll stick to the singing but I can I can play around if I was writing songs mm-hmm. I can do a little bit but I would yes. never I would never I would just freeze if I had to, to play in front of someone and mm-hmm. sing it's and also I like being with someone on stage I like to yeah. being in a band was great for me because you can look at people and be like, oh, you're yeah. okay. You know, yeah. you turn to the back and there's that, you know. I don't know if you and Tranny had the same thing, just to have someone there going You always through. have that, yeah, looking looking, looking for your back, always. It's, yeah, yeah, always. I, I'm exactly the same. I hate working alone, you know, except when I'm writing. Then I love being, I love the isolation and the solitude. But for anything else, I... I I, I thrive on being with other people and being part of a team. Yeah, me too. That mm. is my so anytime that there's any kind of stage stuff, if it has to be with backing tracks, then I'll always have dancers. And if it's an acoustic thing, I'll always have at least, you know, a musician that's mm. that's a friend that where it's like, oh, we're in this together. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's God the worst sake. that can happen? Yeah. What was it? Have you ever had, a, what's the kind of worst that has happened? Not in, you know, when you've done a live performance. Has anything terrible happened to you? Oh, I've fallen off stage. Um, nice. Completely fallen off. And it was one of yes. those where, and it was at the end of the show and it was quite early on. And, you know, you're like loving yourself. You're doing the whole pop star, but you're like, bye, bye, bye. And then I was too busy looking this way. I didn't see the steps going down and flew down the steps, completely disappeared, jumped back up again. Like, it's all fine. It's all fine. And by the time I got to the car, you know, and the pain of just like yeah. tumbling <laughs> yeah. down like five steps. And like, ow, ow. And we were in somewhere, Wales or somewhere far away that I had to just sit in the car, just just swelling and, and bruising just oh the whole way God, back. Cool thing. But it's okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's all part a of story, yeah. Exactly. I, yeah, there is that thing when something terrible happens, it's kind of like you. Th- if I'm in a bad situation or an uncomfortable situation, it's like I'll almost push myself even further into it because I, in the back of my mind I'm going, this is going to make such a great story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be funny. This is, yeah, this yeah, is, okay. is going to be really good. 
forget about the embarrassment yeah so darling one how um who were your style inspirations slash icons when you were younger i have always loved your kind of um your kind of the 90s supermodel era your sunday crawford naomi campbell um claudia sheffer Mm -hmm. um who I actually saw in a cafe not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I was so, so <gasps> we were sitting opposite one another and, oh, she was amazing. Just like this, like mm. glorious, you know, just like aging within her age, like not getting loads of mess with her, you know, just like, it was like, this is just, you're everything I just wanted you to be. Um, she was amazing. So yeah, I've loved mm. that era of, you know, everything is kind of, you know, the do stuff that fits your body. Nothing. Yeah. You know, if you've got great legs, show that, or a great chest, or great arms, or great ankles. You know, the the female body shape has been the same for so many mm. years. And if you if you you know dress to that shape, then you know it kind of tends to stay in they stay in fashion. Yeah. So I love absolutely. That mm. And then of course it was. That I always think of that time, and I think of that iconic um, Vogue cover where they're all naked. I think there's five of them, and taken by Herb Ritz, who, although he was gay, he loved women, and and you could really tell. And there was no touching up. There was nothing like you say. They were completely natural and such a unit. It was the most beautiful photograph. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So, darling, when you um, you were still at school when you auditioned for the Irish version of Pop Stars, is that right? And you lied about your age, you cheeky little minx. Um, do you remember dressing up to try I and look older for that? I plan on doing that loads more, by the way. Okay, <laughs> girl. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm happy to be the age that I am now. Yeah. Um, aging definitely. Aging up this way definitely doesn't bother me. It's almost like a a really happy thing you know it's like yeah. I'm glad they see another year I'm glad because so many people don't and there's so many bad things that happen and so it's like yeah I, I hope that I'm really old and wrinkly and you and I can talk again be like talk I'm just like like well, an I'm elephant there. It's no, not, you're you know, not. I am there. I'm there. But my love. Okay, back to clothes. Yes. Back so, to, um, you. Yes. You did Irish pop stars, and you, um, when you did that audition, and you were still a wee lass, did you yeah. dress to make yourself look older for that audition? I I looked. Um, I looked much older. I looked about. I looked in my early twenties, from when I was about thirteen or fourteen. Did your boobs sprout early? Yes, they did. Okay. Really, really early. Yeah. Um, I was quite tall. Um, How tall are you? Um, five, six. Oh, okay. I thought you were a little shrimp. Yeah, no. No, you're well, tall. Not, yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm not. Ab- yeah. But I was, I was that tall from, from basically even younger. So mm. I got... I wore the same school blazer from first year to fifth year, so from eleven to sixteen. Wow! So that's how tall I was at that yes. young age. So I had, yeah, I kind of always looked looked a bit older. So nobody would have mm. questioned. I never had any issues. You know, be walking past bars and stuff with as a kid, you're out shopping, and people are like, "Come in and have a drink." It's like I am twelve years old. It's like this is, <laughs> you know, you, you never tempted to go in. Well, a few yeah, of course stories. you were. Of course I did. Of course I did. Yeah, my friend. When we're young. I, we, we all want to look older. Yeah. So my friend and I, we we heard about this um, nightclub place that everyone went to. So we we thought we were going to the nightclub, and me and you know my friend were like, and probably you know our or kind of oldest looking clothes or you know us thinking we're mm. really fancy and we sat there and we ordered a Bailey's you know a mm. Bailey's on ice the two of us <laughs> yeah probably 15 14 15 years mm. old and we sat there and we thought that we were in a nightclub but we really were in kind of an old man's bar <laughs> um, and we were like this is how we thought a nightclub was going to be like at all <laughs> And we 
weren't there. Yeah, the white the nightclub was wild and and mad yeah. and was as it should be. But that is not where we were at that age. That's hilarious, hilarious. And then, well, so you did um, Irish pop stars, and then Louis Walsh encouraged you to do the UK one. Do you remember what you wore for your first audition? What did I wear? I wore um, some jeans, like an off the shoulder top. Mm-hmm. And my hair is basically exactly the same. I've had very yeah. degrees of this hair for the last twenty years, so it's, it's okay. exactly the same. very born with the hair. It's great, and then and then Girl, Girls Aloud was born almost immediately, and you took the world by storm with was it Sound of the Underground? That was your first hit, yeah. Yes, it was. Wow. Well done. It was. Yeah, that was two thousand and two. Did the stylist have a kind of? image for you so you went in and obviously I would imagine the who was your producer then who who was producing you um the, your, your the, manager we didn't have a manager interestingly enough we didn't have a manager for first three years probably okay so did you have an idea of what you wanted to represent and how you wanted to look so you know your what your image was going to be yes it was I think it, it was was very um all of us were from you know four different parts of the uk all of us um with really quite strong personalities um and it was it was i think it was just very clear you hear about all those things my mom made me watch you know movies like gia remember that when someone had forced yeah. drugs upon you know the, the models and okay Ooh, my like mom had this yeah. yeah my mom had this um idea of the music and entertainment agency that they give you drugs to give you a certain look in your eye and so she had mm. me petrified that the minute you go and do this people are going to you know give me drugs and you know I'm going to be like mm. you know lying it's just a whole mess and I didn't know either way either so I was very very like no I'm not no I don't I don't feel comfortable with that or I you know would rather not or again I had just turned 17 years old it was I'd never been anywhere without my parents before I was a complete Mm. child thinking that I was you know Mm. not knowing what was going to happen so yeah it was very um and then as soon as they had seen I put a skirt on and they were like okay you'll just wear skirts all the time we will just not not ever buy a pair of trousers for Nadine for the wardrobe and I kind of stayed that same way for for most oh, of the time. Sorry. Okay, so you were always going to be put in a skirt, but yes. what was the image that you, was it? The kind of girls next door? Was it something a little bit more provocative? Was it girls who always wear black? Was it a bit punky? What was the image? What would you say your the image when you started out of the band? Was? The image of Girls Aloud was very much to um, the song was quite a tough um, sound of the underground. Is like quite sassy mm. and tough so everything was kind of and it was black but then baby pink so it was that kind of tough but also soft and feminine um mm-hmm. i think mine was suede so it was a mixture of like leather and pink suede and, and things like that um so it was kind of bringing everything together to to kind of leave the canvas open for where are we going to go next who are mm-hmm. we you know we've just been thrown together we have a great song where is the style journey going to evolve? And it evolved where everybody, everyone was able to have their own specific styles. You know, um, Kimberly, you know, tiny little waist and, you know, you know, happier so that, you know, those beautiful, like, smaller oh, waists, mm. those, Kimberly, you know, she would always look better and those kind of things. You know, Nicola's more athletic and, you know, she could kind of wear anything, really, just, you know, mm. very quite athletic. Um, Sarah, again, she, you know, very kind of curvaceous, but in an athletic way. So everyone mm. had completely different shapes. So we could all mm. wear stuff to flatter our individual shapes. And it was different from the next person. So mm. we would know when we went to a fitting whose clothes were for who, you'd be like, okay, this is for this one. Immediately, Immediately you would know. There was never an issue of, why would I wear that? Or that looks better for me. Or there was never, there was never, Mm. ever that, that kind of Mm. complication. So you said, like you said just now that you were thrown together. And do you think you, 
you were more like colleagues or did friend, a friendship grow? Or you no, always, was it more of a work thing? It was really difficult because it's, it's, almost, um, it's almost quite traumatising when you're first thrown together, you know, you're living in a new city, you're constantly working. You know, I went from being able to get my dad to write a letter to school. Nadine doesn't have her homework today because, or Nadine isn't going on a PE trip because to mm. then, you know, um, there's a label, record label involved in, in TV shows that I've seen on TV. And my dad just can't write a letter to the, you know, the head of ITV and be like, Nadine can't do CDUK today because she's yeah. got a sore stomach. You know, no one cares. So it went mm. from, you know, so kind of to get used to all of that to my parents being, I, you know, I couldn't do anything without them. I, you know, it, yeah, it was, I was very much still a, my parents' child to mm. then being on this this world, and I was devastated for the first while. I thought, "What am I doing? My my family's mm. lives are moving ahead, and I'm stuck here in a hotel. You know, it's somewhere mm. in London because I wanted to be a singer because I thought that this would be a good idea. And now, um, it's straight. You know, I'm I'm gone from everyone that I know and love. So I find it difficult to think to kind mm. of to to kind of open up or to to um to kind of be to accept this new life and accept mm. you know whatever was going on and to you know to add to, we were just so busy yeah, the turnaround mm. time from one job to the next was sometimes overnight might have been two or three hours you would have come in from a late show get showered get changed um, had your clothes laid out, and then you're up two or three hours later, you know, going somewhere else. So you don't have a lot of time to think. Mm. So I think I always, I always, um, I always took it as when I was there, when I was in London, or I was, you know, that that was work. So I'm here to work. There is, you know, there is. This is for a job, and then I go home to my family or to my friends, and and I I kind of really separated um, the two things for a long time. And that must have been very difficult. I mean, it's it's a bit like a kid being sent off to boarding school or starting university when they've never been away from home. It's really tough. And but you did you have anyone kind of in your work environment who you could turn to who you felt was the support? Let's say I don't know you hurt yourself or something happened at home and you wanted to share that. Was there anyone like that within the the tour or the group? Um. There might have been, but there there might have been, and maybe you know, for some of it, I didn't rely. I was like, this is this is a work thing. Um, you have to, you know, go to work. This is, you know, what's expected of me. Mm. I have to show up and sing, or you know, we're not saving the world. This is just, I was, mm. you know, just show up and try to do that and keep your problem. The world has enough problems. They don't. I don't need to go bombarding mm. anybody with my problems. I can talk to my mom or my sisters or my mm. you know my, my best friends so I didn't really I didn't mm. really even speak to anybody then about those but things did, did the other girls did they form more of a bond than than you did because it sounds like you had came from a very secure happy family life with loads of friends at home I mean I I don't know the history or the biography of of the other girls but I mean did they did they bond because they didn't have that domestic backup from in their home life I'm really and I I know a lot of over the years obviously you meet everyone's families and you kind of you know everybody uh, and I don't know I think it took a long time for I think it took look took a long time realistically for all of for all of us to bond because I think everybody's so vulnerable and then you have that element of the press and and then people start talking to the press and people start saying things so it's, mm. it's very much kind of you know, an isolated, even in a grip. Um, it's quite isolated. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, because yeah, because and also from memory, it's like I always felt like with you girls, the, the the media was was trying to pitch you all against each other. Do you know what I mean? It, there were all these kind of they never you were ne- you were always seen as a whole, but there was always that undertone of you know exes, you know, looking better than than Y. But there was always they were trying to create trouble within the band. And you hope, um, there's glimmers of hope um, that the world is changing and that the press is changing and that there's, that people are just like, that's just wrong. It's mm. just wrong to do that. Why try to manipulate situations mm. to put women against each other? Why does that, mm. are we still continuing that narrative? Is that still what's happening? So when mm. we first began, that was absolutely what was happening. That was, mm. you know, they, they liked the idea of, you know, girls like fighting with each other and the fur mm. flying over a handbag or that's mm. my hair extension or, mm. you know, it's like, you know, chill out, guy. This is, you know, no one, we're not, that doesn't even in any of our, it, it's much deeper the, you know, what's actually happening is children being, and you know, really young adults being taken away. And I would always feel sorry for, you know, I didn't have the university experience but I think that must be like university when you're just taken away and, mm-hmm. you know, there you're gone and trying to figure out the world for your, yourself. But then you've got other people's opinions and other people. And, and from quite early on, it was, you know, people would look at you, but they're like looking at your features or looking at your eyes and your nose and your mouth and your hair. And they're not looking at you. you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it would happen hair people would just look at your hair makeup would just look at your makeup styling would just look at your clothes you know marketing would just look at what the pictures look like producers would just listen to what it sounded like choreographers would just listen to you know nobody you're just a you're like a thing Mm. that's got all these that that's kind of rented out all these different parts of yourself all these people they do and that becomes their job so you you drift further and further and further away from Mm. yourself so would you say that during that time you 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 were probably unable to grow up in a way because everything was done for you and you didn't have to think about anything. So it's kind of I can imagine that you weren't given the space to kind of grow up and evolve as a woman. Yeah, it definitely you're you're um and you're just working so hard. And everything's um, under such a microscope. There's so many people watching so many things that you do. <clears throat> so I get back into cleaning my house. Mm. I watch your, you know, your shows religiously. And your, you know, your styling shows and you're having everything organized. And I was like, you know what? This I am going to do this. I've got this time at home and I am going to get organized. So I had... Mm you know, Mrs. Hinch before, if there had been Instagram then, I would have been Mrs. Hinch as a 17-year-old. I'd make <laughs> yeah. only cleaning products in the different rooms and I had, you know, I would make only new tea things to cook and it was um, Irish stew and rice pudding. So Delicious Irish stew. <laughs> that would be my, Irish stew would be my my last meal on death row. Really? Oh my God, I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nice. So I used to make that. Mm. Um, and we get really into, I had, you know, clean bed sheets on like the spare rooms and anyone that would come, they had their flowers and their towels and their face cloths and their, you know, a little gift. It was like, where in the midst of doing all this, I had all this time they dedicate to doing all these home things that mm. I just wanted to have that, that when I did come home, it was somewhere that was so nice 
Mm. And I'd done all my own hoovering and bleaching and scrubbing and toothbrush for grouting. And that mm. was kind of my way of, well, this is what you're supposed to do, you know, they, yeah. they grow up yeah. and you do this singing thing and then, you you know, you do your cleaning and your cooking mm. and this. Talk about two different worlds, my goodness. Um, and then, so, but I still find it kind of, you know, when Trini and I, we, we've travelled all over the world making shows and, you know, there were times, like, I remember we spent a, a month in Australia and which is a long time and my children were still young and I literally I had to go into therapy before I left because I was so traumatized about you know the thought of having to leave them but I always felt well thank god I've got Trini who understood and and I was I was quite a mess on this tour I really struggled but she was always there for me and I could never in a million years have done that on my own without her um and her strength and and her love and her care did you have that with anyone any of the girls in the band um sarah and i became close after after you know not that long mm. um but i was like sarah's big sister it was like her like our older so no sarah we can't do that no we can't do that no we have to you know get organized this weekend for this or no let's you know I was the person that would go on and start going through boxes and cupboards and like, right, we're here. Let's get this. That's what's in this box and let's get this mm. organized. So that was, um, that was, it. and I always had, um, I got very lucky that there was, you know, I had made, you know, great relationships with some dancers or, you know, um, hair or makeup or band or PAs or there was kind of, um, there was always kind of someone around after a while that mm. that that I had became really close with and that we would see each other in work and then outside of work. So it kind mm. of was then, um, mm. and I'm, you know, still really close to every single one of those people. So it was just, mm. you know, when you meet certain people and you just click and mm. you're, you mm-hmm. just immediately head it off. You're like, mm. this, oh, this yeah. And that can't be forced. It's, it's a sense you you have, and you can't force that at all. Yeah. Um, so when you're to- when you were touring, or you know, if you're well, obviously not travelling now, but um, did you have anything that represented a comfort blanket for you that you that came with you everywhere? I would always bring it. It was um, one of my dancer friends who had done more tours than I did, and he had said, um, "Always bring a um, a travel candle." So a candle that you light at home um, and then you have that be your smell and your scent and then you get to hotels and you light it, you get to your dressing room and you light it. So you're bringing a sense of familiarity that you can bring in a little candle everywhere you go. Mm. And I love that. And, you know, God forbid I was out without, you know, a mobile phone to be able to call my mom and my sisters and mm. you know phone bills were just after we were in Australia for a month and I had a 1500 pound phone bill from calling us <laughs> back home and they were like who are you talking to it's like I know and they're just they're just and, you know they were they would stay up because they're like right you know she's in Australia or you know get up or whatever it was just so as we could you know have those have those times and really really that was it I'm not by mm. day possessions at all mm. I'm really it's like it's this is you know it's fine mm. yeah and I think that's well it's very healthy I think it's very healthy not to put too much you know attachment to things because then if you lose them you're crushed but you what about your Barbie because you all had Barbie dolls made of you and you designed the outfit for your Barbie so what was that Mine was a very classic white dress with a little shawl number. I was thinking Barbie going going to a ball. A little slutty, though, for, you know, oh. a little shorter. <laughs> very low and very high. I was like, oh. um, But, yeah, and you would think, you would think that I would have one of those Barbies. And yet I don't even have one of those Barbies. There's pictures on the internet, and that'll just have to do. I know. You've got to have a Barbie. I know. It's so bad, isn't it? You have to get one of those Barbies. You have have a, a, um, is it a son or daughter that you have? I have a daughter. 
Well, she's got to have that Barbie, Nadine, for God's sake. You've got to get it. I'm going to have to go on eBay, eBay and see if you can find one. Yeah, I will, because it has a disgrace, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it is. is. It's, it's a travesty. Um, so, my darling, um, did you have, because with all the concerts and all the red carpets you must have traipsed down, did you ever have um, a situation where your clothing really let you down? I, oh, I sound a bit Irish then. When your clothing really let you down, i.e. a major wardrobe malfunction. Um, have you I had have one? Had, yeah, I have had on stage where um, clothes have ripped, where just the thing just gave way. What would, you know, and this would happen a lot. So you would do um, tour and you're in tour shape you've been rehearsing you're you know dancers are throwing you around you know you're in you know shape of your life and then you get under your costumes and it's great and then you do the tour and then because your body's kind of plateauing at the routines you're just enjoying catering so things are loosening up a bit well the body's <laughs> loosening the clothes are getting tighter and then we would take maybe a week or two off and then come back to do summer festivals but mm -hmm. basically use the same tour costumes. So always see getting under those tour costumes after you're fitted under them when you're in, you know, really good shape. And you just know, it's like, you know, the, the stylists would just have like rolls of gaffer tape just on the side, just knowing whoever's going to walk off and just, you know, turn around or bend over. Bing. And just the gaffer tape is just out. It's just stuck together just at an instant. And... So I've had that lows where, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So my husband's just walked in. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, we'll let that go. I was like, why can't he fucking go the other way? So after your, you, you then moved, did you move to LA after Girls Aloud or during? During. So, okay. so kind of, um, just a few years under Girls Aloud, probably, so 2002, so it was probably um, 2005. Um, my family and all moved to LA. So mom, dad, two sisters, my older sister's husband there, three kids. Um, everybody moved to Orange County. For Just for, for a new adventure. I mean, my parents at this stage were were almost 50. They had never really been out of Ireland. We'd been to Spain or, you know, to a few different places, but never anywhere at length to try out somewhere, um, to try out a new place. So mm -hmm. we thought, let's just give it a go. I rented a house one, I think it was like a January or February when it was miserable at home. And they came and stayed. There was a swimming pool there and and I kind of was like, we could love like this all the time. Look at this. Wow. And then reluctantly, some of them were more, some of them wanted to do it more than others. Um, and then kind of everyone got on board and wanted to do mm -hmm. it. And then we, uh, we lived in, um, in Huntington Beach in California. Mm-hmm for and we had a restaurant there in sunset beach so it was all it wasn't kind of your la hollywood let's do hollywood it was we're you know in the brighton of you know la and that's mm -hmm. where we are versus the kind of whatever madness was going on so we lived right by the beach um fantastic our restaurant was by the beach everyone my sister had her fourth you know child over there we worked together as a family. I, I commuted. I still worked um, with Girls Aloud. So my day job mm -hmm. was in the UK. So I would kind of be over and back. But I had to fly to go to Ireland to see the men away. So I could just mm. fly to LA instead. Why not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you the band split up in um, 2013. And there was some controversy over the split. Um and you, did you plan the split or did it, did you all plan it and say, okay, we've done it for a long time. We're, we're going to leave on a high. How did it happen? Oh, no. I mean, there's, yeah, there was not a discussion, not a discussion to do that. Um, to, I, I mean, and I've always thought it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a great experience. There's really no 
Um, mm. No need to kind of make anything final or do anything like that. But I think, you know, some of the rest of the girls were just kind of over it. And mm. we had had a break before that. So to go back to that pace of working and that um, scrutiny, I think people were like, oh, forget this. Like I can, mm. I can work, you know, mm. I can work less and still have a good quality of life and not have to kind of be part mm. of this madness all the time. Um, which is fair enough. However, you know, mm. you don't want you don't want to torture anybody. So, however, anybody mm. was happy. Mm. Would you ever do a reunion tour? Well, that's that's always a conversation. There's always like, should mm. do a reunion tour. And what's wild is um, in 2022, it'll be 20 years Shut since we've been together. Up. I know 20. Oh my years. god! Nadia. In two years' time, I know. That makes me feel so old. My God, it's wow, it's crazy. Mm. And you be doing stuff, you know, and you be talking to people, and people are like, you know, especially Americans, and you know, a lot of like you know, people you're dealing with. Like, I've been doing this for ten years, and it's like I've been doing this for almost twenty years. It's like, yes, mm. you might be sixty, and I'm still on my thirty, but I just started so young. Then it means that you mm. just kind of cram so much stuff on and then you're like, mm. oh, you've been doing this in nearly 20 so years. You've been very busy since then with your solo career and being a mum mm-hmm. who is, how old is she? She must be she's six. Six? Seven. Yes, oh my she's God. six. Oh, my God. And did you did becoming a mum change your attitude to clothes? Your body changes shape, obviously, but did the way, did you sort of think, okay, you know, I have to dress more like a mom? Do you know, it's funny you said that, and I've never, never really spoken about this. I had a, I had a real freak out moment. I started buying these clothes. We would go to this lovely place called Fashion Island in Newport Beach. It's kind of like an outdoor mm. mall walking around, and I just got Andy, you know, going there and shopping, and there was this one shop, and they had these lovely summer things. It was kind of really low cut and, you know, very, very uh, orange, very Huntington Beach. You know, I live on the mm-hmm. beach kind of clothes, all very kind of loose stuff. Boho, yeah. Boho, you know, not not covered up really, a lot of the stuff. And I remember going shopping and I was went down to the shop and I looked at everything that was on the mannequins and I wasn't showing or anything at this point. And I was like... I can't wear any of these clothes anymore. This is that I have now. I am. I am. I, I can't wear. I just can't buy anything from the shop anymore because I'm now a mother and I couldn't possibly wear a vest. And I think it was just like hormones and everything. It was like you know, it felt for a moment that that side of life you know was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I was have to, you know, cut my hair short, dyed blue, and wear long skirts and. <laughs> Jesus sandals, you know, it was like mm. that forever, you know, for maybe half an hour, I really fully thought. And every time, like, I see that shop now, I'm like, oh, takes me back to thinking, remember how, how scared I was for, mm. for a time. But then it was, then I, then I kind of, I mean, I, I think it's hilarious because when I'm at home, I wear so many clothes. Like, under, I've got this top on now, but right underneath, there's like a very thick pair of Abercrombie and Fetch tracks at bottoms. Mm-hmm. And some socks, some grey bed socks. Nice. So I walk around at home constantly covered with so many clothes. And then I go out to work and they hand me these tiny little skimpy little outfits. And I'm like, can't yeah. wear that. Couldn't wear that. <laughs> so that I couldn't wear that. And then <laughs> of course I do, you could. And then it's like in the privacy of my own home, I'm covered from head to toe. And then, you know, in front of strangers, then I, I wear hardly any clothes. And there's mm. definitely something odd with that. Two Nadines. And, and then living in L.A. for nearly a decade, were you ever tempted to go down the cosmetic surgery route? No. And I'll tell you for a why, because I had um, I'd seen so many people that that had so much work done. So what I would find was they would get everything done. I wrote a song about it one time and then I thought, I can't put this song out. It's, it's too offensive. Um, but they would get all this surgery done and then run around in a velour tracksuit and a pair of Ugg boots. 
And it's like, mm. well, if you were to put on something, you know, like do you know feel good about what you were wearing or feel that would give you the confidence rather than having to get your nose shaved or your chin done or your lips done or your cheeks done or and you would find that a lot of them ended up looking the same. I would meet mm, somebody exactly. and then meet somebody mm. else and think, have we met before? I'm sure we've met. I'm sure I was just talking to you yesterday or last week. And it was the work. So people mm. end up looking like copies of each other rather than seeing. Yeah. And not only not only copies, but I think I think it can make you look a lot older. If you have it too young, you have it done too young, you look older. So let's say you've got a woman who's 60 who's had a facelift and a tit lift and a fucking fanny lift. <laughs> the girl of 22 who's had been to the same surgeon will end up looking like the bloody 60-year-old. Yeah, you're totally right. Because there's you see someone and it can be, you know, someone comes in, a girl or a guy, you know, getting mm-hmm. stuff done and you're like that that um those cheeks have definitely been been pumped up. It's and then so you're like, obvious. Then you're like, is that the real nose? Them lips, is that their lips? Yeah. And then you're like, mm-hmm. are they are they 60 or are they 25 or are they 40 or are they, you know, so there comes just this one look of mm. you've had this work done and it kind of, you don't know, you don't know what kind of age mm. anybody else. Mm. And I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's anything wrong. It's interesting to see how your face is going to change and how you're going to, um, I mean, I, I hope. <laughs> no but you're you're right I mean it takes you know it takes a strong woman I think today not to fall into that trap because you as women we all compare ourselves with each other and it's something that I've never I've never gone down that route mainly because I'm too lazy but I did have Botox once and I felt so claustrophobic because I couldn't move my face. I felt like I, you know, I was in this straight jacket or something. Mm. And I just thought, fucking hell, never again am I going to do that. And I haven't. And, and sometimes I kind of regret it because I know that, you know, maybe I wouldn't have like, like you saying little pouches here. And then I think, you know what? I'm 58 years old. It's not about how I look anymore. It's about who I am as a person. And that sounds such a cliche. But um, that I think for a, a woman to get to that point, that's her goal when she gets older, is just to be proud of the person you are and screw how you look. That There was like a, a story. I was really young, like a teenager, and I was driving to the airport and I thought, oh, I have to have, you know, a bit of makeup on as first thing in the morning. And I was drawing on a lip liner. And whatever way the car moved, the, you know, the liner went up here. Lovely. And I just sat there for a second. And I was like, right, how do I feel? It was like, I feel fine. I, mm. This lip liner on my face has no effect on me and how I feel whatsoever. But it's other people will see it. Mm. And then they'll look at me and they'll be like, that girl has lip liner all up the side of her face. <laughs> And then I was like, who are these people? Do I know yeah. these people? Do I really mind with these people? So am I really worried about what I think? Because I don't mind the lip liner. I don't mm. see it. There's no relevance to my life whatsoever. I don't actually have to look at myself. It's mm. only how other people will treat me because they see. And I was like, wow. It's like, I should, I should leave it on. I should just, just for fun. And my mommy was like, mm. take that lip liner off your face. You look ridiculous. <laughs> It's like, okay, okay, okay. But I had, I had a whole profound point going on here, Mommy. This was really... Oh, God. But I love you for that. And I think, you know, you'll you'll grow old gracefully or disgracefully. Probably, I hope so. In, in many ways. But in I hope terms so. of visually, you're going to grow old gracefully. You know what? But just all I can say, one bit of advice, okay? Yeah. I'm probably the same age as your mum. One bit of advice, don't ever look at yourself and think, shit, look at my fat ass, look at my this, look at my cellulite, look at that. Because why in the movie 10 years forward and you're going to go, you see a picture of yourself in the previous decade, you'll think, my God, I was so gorgeous then. So <laughs> enjoy it now. Enjoy it now. Yes, um, I will. 
So darling, your your birthday suit is what I want to know about now. Not the one you were born with. Okay. Um, if you were going to reach, you were going to, I don't know, the Brits and you didn't have a stylist, what would you wear? What would be your, what do you feel most gorgeous in? What kind of look? Most gorgeous. You see, and it's changed over time because most gorgeous used to be give me a short skirt the shorter the better mm -hmm. um short and tight and a and you know a long drive mm -hmm. and a pair of high heels and any color any you know and i'll go and feel fine bang bang high heels short short dress um no I'm, I'm embarrassed you know and it's it's not I'm, I'm like I can't walk as well as I could before in high heels and really especially with everything that's happened in the last year I went to strict light last week to see Jason wore some high heels beside myself with excitement and then spent the whole time like this like looking at the floor and <laughs> you know one of those really awkward people that you think you should not be wearing high heels. You would look mm -hmm. much more comfortable and elegant with, you know, with a smaller heel and, you know, and you're kind of like walking like this and, you know, it just takes away from the whole look. Um, so I would say, no, today could change next week. I may be back under that short and mm -hmm. high heel. But I would wear um, some like leather trousers, mm -hmm. like a tight pair of trousers. I like an mm -hmm. off the shoulder or something. You just feel fancy. You're like shoulder to shoulder mm. without actually mm -hmm. having to show anything. Mm -hmm. um, and a pair of sensible shoes, a bit of a heel, not too much, mm -hmm. but something where I could walk and, you know, maybe run if I needed to, or, mm -hmm. you know, not run, run, but, you know, walk quickly. Yeah. If it or something without thinking, I'm going to land in a heap in the floor and I'm really going to hurt myself. So I'm afraid. So that would be okay. my. Off the shoulder top and, and a pair of fantastically tight, sexy leather trousers. Yes. Nice. That's All right, right darling. So what's next for you now? Next for me is I have, a, I'm doing some TV this week, some TV um, things, which is, mm -hmm. it's always nice to do something. I'm doing a little bit of singing um, mm -hmm. for a new show that's coming out next year, I think. I think okay. it's coming up next year. Um, so I have a little bit of singing to do in that. Um, something mm -hmm. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just just generally, there's no live. Live has been my my biggest well, thing that's kept me most busy for the last, you know, five, six years. Mm -hmm. All the theatres are closed and there's no festivals and... Um, even Christmas stuff, you know, it's always great at Christmas because you're like, we're off spreading Christmas cheer, you know, singing mm. Christmas songs and we'll be normal that. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing. But you know what? Having spoken to you today, my darling, I feel so much better. You are a bundle of joy. You're gorgeous. You're down to earth. You're super talented. And I'm so pleased you're doing television because I think you could do very well on TV because you're so, you're just you. You know, there's no pretense with you. And audience are so, audiences are so savvy at knowing when someone's put, putting on a persona. And I don't think you, you could ever do that. You're a, a woman who wears her heart on her sleeve, and I love you for that. Oh, you're so sweet. Mm. You're going to make me cry. Mm. That is so nice, Susanna. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Getting to me. And... Oh, it's been really lovely. Thank you so much, my darling. And you take care. Thank you. You take care too. And hopefully again soon. Yeah, let's our paths will cross somewhere. Yes, somewhere. All right, take care of yourself. All right, and you, Hanban. Biggest kiss. Bye. Oh, thanks so much to Nadine. I'd never met her before, but I thought she was an absolute delight. Right, a couple of quick things before we go. First, remember to join our pajama party the place where you tell me about your own clothing calamities. Find it on our website at mywardmail.com and email any stories to help at mywardmail.com. You can also find and follow us on the usual socials at mywardmail and rate and review us if you like what you've heard or quietly forget if you didn't. Finally, thanks to our tremendous house band duo, 
find and buy their new album at duoguitarmusic.com or at Duo Guitar Music on their socials. Thanks again to Nadine, and of course, thanks to you for listening. Catch up soon. Until then, my wardrobe is officially closed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.